welcome back to another episode of Danbro Business in Conversation. Today we're joined by Phoebe, the founder Hello. of Dot Recruit. So I was just wondering whether you could tell us a little bit about what it is that you do. Yeah, absolutely. So we are accounts and finance recruitment specialists. We specialise solely in the Lancashire area. So we have a really, really niche market. We have been established since 2019, July 2019. Um, so sort of nine months before the pandemic. But yeah. <laughs> we won't talk about that. We might talk about that. But um, yeah, so we're now a team of, um, we're currently averaging sort of between four and five employees. Um, we have just had a little bit of a shake up. Right. We have had somebody leave and we are looking to bring somebody on board. So okay. we're kind of, have, by the time this airs, we'll probably be at about five. Um, and we've got some quite big growth plans over the next three years where we're looking to expand from where we're at now to 16 heads. Okay. Um, still just operating in the Lancashire area. Yeah. Um, but then servicing our clients with, with more kind of, you know, specialist desks in other areas rather than just accounts and finance. But obviously that's how you guys know yeah. us. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so. right. Okay. Amazing. So what inspired you to start that recruit in the first place? So I think I always knew that I was going to work for myself one right. day. Okay. Um, it was that was kind of, yeah that was kind of like a non-negotiable in my mind that I always knew that that's what I would do. Um, I didn't know exactly what that looked like. I actually thought it would be something in the motor trade because my family um, specialise in sort of converting Volkswagen vans into camper vans. So, oh, okay. Um, they have their own business. My sister's in business with my dad. Right. So entrepreneurial yeah, yeah. so and I'm, I'm from kind of like a I was the only person that was actually employed in my whole family oh, like right. my parents and my grandparents were all kind of self-employed <laughs> so I was the odd one out right so I think I knew that that was always going to be an option yeah definitely um but the reason sort of I ended up in recruitment in the first place I, I got into recruitment when I was 19 and to be honest it was to avoid going to uni I was getting quite a lot of pressure from my grandparents to go, go to uni graduate. and go and like make something of yourself yeah. I didn't know what I wanted to do yeah. and I was never sort of talented at anything in school okay. I was average at everything um <laughs> so when I found recruitment I was like wow like I can actually make something of this and yeah. I'm in control of how well I do and I can actually be exceptional at this if I want to be so um I'd been with the business I'd worked for for seven and a half years around about that time and a lot had changed over that seven years that I'd been there okay it was a completely unrecognizable business by the end to what it was in the beginning and not in a, in a positive or a negative way, really. Like the business just changed a lot okay. over that time because they were growing. They were bought out by a PLC. They, they were then headquartered in um, in London and we were the little sort of puny Preston yeah. office. So it kind of got to the point where the focus shift from quality placements and building relationships and doing the right thing by people, that was how I was trained, right. to quantity making a load of money for the business yes your targets were getting higher and higher and higher okay. and it kind of felt as though I could give my absolute life and my soul to this business to for them always to want more, more. Yeah. and for you never to be giving enough yeah and it kind of got to the point where I thought I'm gonna end up sacrificing all of my relationships that I've spent seven years building mm -hmm. to try and hit their targets yeah for them to, to not to have not any thanks for yeah. it or anything like yeah, that. Yeah. So I kind of thought there's a there's got to be a better way to do this. And that was kind of the inspiration behind going on my own. Yeah. Um, not necessarily to start a business because the, the plan was to just kind of freelance. Yeah. 
Okay. And somehow I blinked and there's five of us. So oh my gosh, yeah. that sounds amazing. So with starting your own business, how was the funding? Like how did you fund yeah. your own company? And um, do you have any advice for people that will yeah. or want to start their own business? Absolutely. So it's I think a lot of it will come down to um, giving yourself a bit of a financial runway to take the pressure off. Right. So for me, I just saved as much as I could before. I decided that I was going to leave probably about eight months before I left. Okay. And I, and I sort of took that time just to save as much money as I could. For me, I wanted sort of like a six to 12 months worth of my salary in okay. the bank. Yeah. So that I didn't have to dip into any like company profits that I'd made any yeah, money yeah. that I made for the business I didn't want to have to touch it yeah um which in hindsight was probably quite wise because nine months in the pandemic hit and if it wasn't for that run financial runway that I created for myself mm -hmm. I didn't have anyone else to rely on yeah. financially um so if I hadn't created that runway I don't know where the business would be right okay so that really you know some people are able to get funding elsewhere but for me, it was it was just down to Off your own save back. it, yeah. save up, yeah. basically. Okay, um, amazing. Yeah. So before, when you mentioned about how you were at the company for like seven years and things like that, mm. do you think it's essential to have experience in the industry you want to go into before starting the business? I think it is. Mm. Um, I mean, there will be there will be kind of exceptions to that you know if, if you go into business with somebody that's got a lot of experience in that field right as long as someone knows sort of knows yeah. what they're doing um i remember once reading a book called outliers and there was this um sort of concept of like the ten thousand hours rule i don't know if you've heard of it before no, no what's that but it's basically the idea that no one it's very rare that you're born talented at something yeah you have to build expertise yeah and you can only really be, be considered an expert in something whether that's anything if you're like a professional basketball player or like whatever if you don't you know, play the flute whatever it is <laughs> you'll have given it ten thousand hours yes. before you can consider yourself an expert okay so if that's if you relate that to career if you were to be working sort of a standard 40 hour week that equates to about five years worth of experience right okay and really what's what i found really interesting about that because when i read it i got my little calculator out like the geek i own i was like how many how many hours had i done by the time i set up on my own yeah. and it, it just absolutely made sense because it was really i was there for seven years but probably by year five i, I would have been ready yeah um so i kind of stand by that in in the sense that i feel, I feel like you do need to be an expert Definitely. um but more than anything you need a reputation is going to massively help. So if you've just spent five years building a really, really amazing reputation for yourself in whatever you do, I think I'm, I'm relating this to a service business probably because obviously okay. my, my business is yeah, a service yeah, yeah, yeah. business. It might be different if you're in retail or whatever and mm. you don't have that opportunity to build a reputation. Yes. But if you can, that reputation is what's going to carry you and what's okay. going to massively help you. So I would say, yeah, you probably would 100%. need to have experience. Yeah but i'm sure there will be people that have, have done it without yeah it would be a lot harder <laughs> yeah definitely so with that recruit being having a massive presence on social media and things like that what marketing and sales strategies do you use and what are the most successful in them yeah so i kind of stumbled across linkedin okay accidentally yeah i'd always been on there but more of an observer really since 2013 okay but then when I set up on my own and I'd just post like the odd vacancy from time to time, but I didn't use it really. I didn't know what it was for. Okay. But then when I set up on my own, 
about 12 months in, I started posting three times a week. And, okay. I, and that was just my consistent thing. I'm just going to be myself and post three times a week. Because I saw something, um, and funnily enough, I saw it again this morning on Instagram. Oh, my God. And it, was a, it basically said, it's all well and good basically being the best and working really, really hard to be the best. But you need to be the best known. Right, okay. You need to be known for being the best. And you can't just expect people just to wake up one day and be psychic and just happen to know about you. Yeah. Um, you've got to work at that getting in front of people and I just felt as though LinkedIn just it kind of just spiraled I was just posting three times a week and all of a sudden I've been had thousands of followers and yeah. the majority within 12 months of doing that the majority of our business was inbound oh my gosh we okay. have to do any we, like previously for like seven or eight years I had KPIs every single day I had to make 20 business development calls every single day there right. were certain boxes I had to tick and that's what sort of brought the business in yeah um but it's just suddenly shifted to post three times a week on linkedin and that's what brings the business in i was like wow i've been missing a trick for like my, yeah. seven eight years here <laughs> like yeah. how much easier could i have made my life yeah um so linkedin 100 the only other strategy really that i've found brings a lot of inbound stuff is um google reviews okay. so we just started asking people just can you just go on google and just leave like an honest review, review of how you found the service um and we got really lucky in that because you know it's well i say we got really lucky it's a good service yeah, so yeah, we're giving a five-star yeah. review but what i didn't actually realize was that boosts your rankings up google okay and so if someone was to search accounts and finance recruiter lancashire we come up at the top now because we've got the most google reviews okay so that's another strategy that i didn't expecting a yeah. strategy that yeah. just works oh my gosh so, okay that's yeah, amazing there you go there's my secrets <laughs> <laughs> so with starting bit your own company and business it is quite scary yeah what was your biggest fear and what have you overcome in the last couple of years with that is that is a really really good question <laughs> um because i think for a lot of people it would be fear of failure yeah but surprisingly i wasn't scared of failing because it was it just wasn't even an option to no. if that makes sense yeah. so that didn't even cross my mind i think my fear was what if i don't love this as much as i think i will okay and what if i'm then not calling it quits because i've failed yeah but because i just don't enjoy it yeah and i think i'm not really one of those people that cares that much about what other people think so it wasn't really that it was yeah. more just if you don't having like to it. justify for myself like okay. i've put everything on the line to set this up and i'm not enjoying it mm. and in those first 12 months to be honest i didn't enjoy it because i was working at home on my own at my kitchen table it was boring yeah it was i was kind of like what am i doing this for like isolated again? Yeah. yeah i missed people yeah and then obviously the pandemic we all miss people yes so as soon as i could bring somebody else into the team that was when i started enjoying it because i was like right the business is doing well we're actually achieving yeah i've got people that i can build and develop a culture and a brand here and that's the stuff that i started to really enjoy but in those first 12 months i was a bit like oh no oh, i don't love this yeah so but you kind of have to stick with it definitely so being a business owner you, there's a lot of um hazards that you've got to get overcome mm. how do you handle it when things don't go to plan so in recruitment, I think that's one of the first things that you learn. Okay. 
because you have to be resilient because your product is people okay. and people change their minds yes and there's nothing worse than getting so invested in an outcome for somebody you really 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 want someone to get that job and mm. then you've got to ring them and tell them that they haven't got it and they're gutted and you're gutted and you like this all the time like your emotions it, they do call it the recruitment roller coaster like it's okay. quite a well-known thing. thing so fortunately that lends itself really well to starting a business because you will have things not go to plan like yeah. that's just life that's mm -hmm. inevitable um but fortunately i've developed a coping mechanism there on the recruitment roller coaster for the last 10 years so yeah. if i was to think about right in that case how what are the steps to handle it it depends what it is but if it's something really bad and it doesn't go to plan and it knocks you the best thing the best advice i would give someone there is get away from your desk just go for a breather mm -hmm. if you can talk it out with somebody talk it out mm -hmm. um like I'll some, so my sister obviously is in business with my dad so sometimes okay. me and her might go for a walk around Preston Docks just to clear our heads and yeah. vent about whatever's gone wrong that day yeah it's not something that you know I feel like I need to do unless something really really bad really has happened yeah. but if you're struggling go for a walk get out get out of the office um give yourself like time cap how long you're going to wallow about it yeah um like give yourself a 50 even set a timer 15 minutes i'm going to let myself just get it all out for 15 yeah. minutes scream if you have to <laughs> whatever it is and then after that 15 minutes right what's my solution yeah how do i get through this what's something positive that could come out of this how do we pivot how do we adapt and i think things are going to happen all the time but on different scales okay. and it's just kind of sussing out then how how you're going to pivot and adapt from it that's okay. that's how i would say when things go don't go to plan it's very normal right <laughs> so as being a, a young business owner how how was it like do you get a little bit of imposter syndrome or um i think even though so i was 26 when i set up dot recruit okay but i've been in recruitment since i was 19 yeah. so imposter syndrome wasn't something that i felt like i have a bit of a thing with imposter syndrome where <laughs> i don't know whether it gets blown out of proportion Okay. My theory around imposter syndrome is that it's definitely not a syndrome. It's just a very normal response to being just pushed out of your comfort zone. Yes. Because if you, like, when do you ever get imposter syndrome about something that you've been doing for 10 years? You mm. don't. It's the new stuff yeah. that feels uncomfortable and you might feel like you're not good enough because you don't have as much experience as the next person. Mm. Or when I set up Dot Recruit, I had seven years recruiting experience but I had no business experience and so that was nerve-wracking thinking like are people going to take me seriously but I think that's just a normal part of learning something new like yeah. this whole thing around imposter syndrome it kind of like I don't know it doesn't sit right with me I feel like it is just so normal like yeah. everybody regardless of whether you're young in business whether you're setting up a business when you're 65 I think everybody is going to feel that feeling of being an imposter when it's something they've never done before I yeah think it's just so normal natural yeah yeah well i hope it is <laughs> because <laughs> yeah i do feel like that sometimes so yeah i hope it's a normal thing i think it is yeah surely surely it's been at your comfort zone isn't it no definitely well with that so how do you manage stress and anxiety with the company and in your personal life like does it clash or I feel as though most of the stress and anxiety in my life doesn't come from work, okay. to be honest, of course. So, which is probably good. Definitely. And I think that's just because I do love going to work now. Like, yeah. like I said, at first when I was working from home on my own, and it was quite isolated and quite lonely. That was quite stressful. Yeah. Um, 
but really now it's it's more sort of like things that I, when you can't control something you know when something just comes and can absolutely blindside you, you yeah, yeah and you can't control it you've just got to ride it out yeah. that's where they're the only times i'll ever feel kind of stressed or anxious okay and i don't know if that's because i have certain things i do kind of every day that i suppose is one of the things that someone might tell you to do to improve your mental health mm -hmm. so um i do go to the gym before work not every morning um four times a week i'll go to the gym so i might go to a weekend or whatever but yeah. I, I move like every day yeah um and then i suppose there's probably a lot of stuff i do for my mind yeah kind of like listening to podcasts i like journaling because i find that i might have a lot of things flying around my mind and i want to get it out yeah. write it down and look at it look at my thoughts <laughs> um so and then just kind of i'm quite a chilled person to okay. be honest like I love just doing chilled things like with my friends, just like watching a film or going for a walk or having a bath, whatever. Yeah. So maybe it's because I do all of this yeah. stuff that I don't feel stressed and Like you wind down mm. sort of thing. Yeah. So possibly, possibly that. But yeah, yeah I think as, as far as like work goes, unless there was some, you know, something massive that hurts out of the blue, like a, don't know lawsuit whatever God, yeah i feel like i wish i hadn't said that now <laughs> um in case but yeah if something hits you out of the blue then that's going to cause you that immediate stress if something yeah. right i've got to I've, but you just got to face it just yeah. got to deal with it oh well definitely well with the stress thing so over the last couple of years we've had covid brexit mm -hmm. and now the cost of like living crisis yeah. how have you managed to push your company through that and like do you have any advice or yeah. So I suppose when those things happen, you're not alone. Everybody else yeah, is going it. through it as well. And so you can always, I suppose, draw on any kind of connections that you have. Like I know a lot of other people that have recruitment businesses. And during those times, I might reach out to them and say, how are you guys doing? Like what, what's working for you? Like how are you managing? Um, more often than not, though, I think the best way to handle stuff like that is knowing that it's just going to be inevitable. You, you can't, there's always going to be ups and downs in the economy like you can't change that you can't control it bury your head in the sand and pretend like it's not going to happen because yeah. it is so you kind of have to be prepared for it and i suppose in a similar way to how how it was when we started having that financial runway in the bank so just being really really like careful with the finances and have six months worth of runway, I would yeah. say. That's what I aim for, six months worth of cover for, um, we probably naturally sit around that point anyway, because I, I don't go wild with the, the business bank account in my mind isn't my bank account. Yeah, so that's another thing I would say for any new business owners, you're an employee of your business, yes. unfortunately. I know you might want to <laughs> just go blow all that money, but yeah, you can't. the sooner you see it as it's not your money yeah. and it's the business's money, better. Yeah. Um, so sitting it around sort of six to 12 months financial runway to cover all your overheads, your wage bills and, you know, your rent and all of your expenses is what's going to take the pressure off when you hit the downturns in the economy. Okay. I would say anyway. Well, that's how I deal with it. Yeah. That's how I am dealing with it. <laughs> <laughs> so do you outsource any particular part of your business or? Yeah, everything. Everything. As much as we can outsource. I don't want to get involved in accounts and <laughs> no offense to all of my accounting clients <laughs> and candidates but it's not for me no. um and i'm not an expert in it so like there's people better in, in stronger positions than i am to deal with that sort of stuff okay. um, so we literally outsource everything that isn't recruitment we just don't put it on my desk just get rid of it, <laughs> get rid of it. <laughs> someone else can look after this so, i'd rather do that 
So with being a recruiter, this might be a little bit weird. So with the current climate, yeah. is it hard to recruit for your recruitment company? Yeah, so we're not um, immune to the recruitment challenges that everybody yeah. else faces. Because I suppose we don't create the recruitment challenges. They already exist. Yes. So we still experience the exact same challenges. Right. Um, so I think, especially in a smaller business, in a smaller team, where like at the moment with us, there's four of us in the office, I think we would rather not hire and ride it out than bring the wrong person in because that one person can just upset the entire apple cart. Right. And I think when you've got a tiny team, that's everything you've got. That team environment is everything. Yes. Whereas in a bigger business, they probably don't have the luxury to wait out mm -hmm. finding the right person. Um, but at the same time, they could probably cope slightly better if they didn't get someone that potentially ticks all of the boxes right they could okay. probably get lost a little bit within that environment and it wouldn't be so detrimental right so um but yeah we we face the exact same recruitment challenges as everybody else it's just i mean i suppose we know some of the little like, sort of tricks that might enable you to be more attractive in the yes. market but i suppose that's why a lot of our clients will work with us so that we can help them yeah. be in that position as well Okay. All right. Okay. Amazing. Um, so with your day to day, how much time do you have to devote to long-term strategy for your own business and company? So I kind of break it down into sort of two categories, working on the business, working in the business. I think a lot of business owners do that. Um, and I find that works best. So I'll have one day a week. It's a Friday for me that I work on the business. Okay. And so if something crosses my desk sort of on a, on an average day and it's something that you know is going to be strategy stuff that goes on my Friday plan. And if anyone's trying to get hold of me to sell me something, the team knows to tell them just ring her on Friday because that's when she's going to be in that zone and that's of it. working on the business. Yes. If it's Monday to Thursday, don't bother me about yeah. it because I'm working in the business and I'm an employee on Monday to Thursday yes. and I'm sort of the business owner on a Friday. That's how I split, split the two. Oh, amazing. So what is your favourite part of owning your own business and company? Um, there's a few things really. My team, oh. like 100%, yeah. like they are just so great to be around and it's just so fun going to work every single day. Like I miss it so much. Like um, Sophia's on maternity leave at the minute and Frank is on annual leave this week. So it's just me, me and Claudia in the office. It's, it's like... I'm like mourning like for like my team members it's like they've just gone and there's this massive like gaping hole in my life <laughs> it's pathetic but I just love my team that's probably the best thing about owning it and um other than that I would say the freedom to make the changes that are needed in the market okay because the recruitment industry needs a massive shake up and obviously when you're in your own business and everyone else is on board with that vision mm -hmm. you can you could just you crack can on and it. go yeah. for it amazing so what advice would you give to somebody who wants to start their own business? The financial runway, obviously how many times have I talked about that, but <laughs> that just, it's imperative. Yeah. And also the thing we talked touched on earlier around kind of like getting your experience and build, starting to build your reputation early on. Okay. Um, while you're starting to build your reputation and you're starting to get your experience, you might as well just start cracking on with building a personal brand as well. Because okay. if you've got a personal brand, you've got your, your reputation, they go hand in hand. You've got your experience and you've got your financial runway. It's kind of like you, you're de-risking. Yeah, you can't set. Yeah. yeah. 
yeah, should okay. be all right there, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, last but not least, we ask this to everybody. How do you define success in your business and your own personal life? Yeah, um, it's such a good question. It's For me, it's, it's not about the things, the material things. Mm -hmm. It's, I would say success to me is the freedom to live life on my own terms, do things that I'm passionate about. Um, rather than on somebody else's time or on somebody else's terms. terms. Yeah. Um, and I suppose rather than accumulating things, it's kind of like an accumulation of personal achievements or I suppose hurdles that you've overcome. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then also an accumulation of kind of the connections and the people that are, you know, like having good memories and experiences and connections and people. Um, for me, I think that's what it would be. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, that's really, really soppy, isn't it? <laughs> that's really nice. I think that's a lovely night to leave this on then. So thank you so much for thank coming in. Thank you for having me.